What's up, folks? Welcome back to the Dribble Project. Um, this episode is just a coffee talk. Um, just talking about pushing the aim, extending the aim, working on arrow to arrow, making that aim longer in the middle. Um, it's a it's a it's a short discussion, um, but it's a good one. I think everybody should hear it. Um, you remember, uh, you know, normally I don't do uh, you know, crazy intro stuff, but hey. Part of the U.S. Open um, and the supporters of the U.S. Open, um, I am now doing that for the people who provided the prize money, and you have to you have to recognize them. So, um, as always, uh, special thanks to to Jaeger Archery Products, um, Yoast Archery Products, and Epic Archery, all sponsors of the podcast. All ponies up extra money. Um, First Flight Archery, Donald Leslie Winker, Proline Archery, Bodoc Archery. Um, the bow band, Neil Cronin, who's a um, pretty cool little finger sling. I love it. Um, you know, throwing his hat in the ring. Um, and, of course, Peter Nugent from First Bite Pediatrics Dentistry. Larry Wise and Sam Tolomano, um, all contributors to your prize money for the U.S. Open. I want to show some appreciation. All of their links and information are going to be in the podcast link um, details. So check them out. Go like their page. I think then um, anybody I can put a name to to promote our sport. The archer who owns all the world records, John Demmer III. You know, the more difficult a thing is, the more important the mental game becomes. I, I didn't eat any supper yet either. How about you guys? Do you guys eat yet? I didn't eat Oh, that. you know, uh, I have some crunch berries. Oh, Grayson Parlow. It's like me taking three or four years off your eyes just because I weakened that prescription in the shooting eye. And don't put everything into my shot that I should, that I get a lot of drop on those heavy arrows. He's dropping all the way down. He said, well, you might want to think about going to a lighter arrow in the spring walking. And that's what got that started. So. Good morning, Barabow Project. Hey John, I just saw your uh, your post. I had to laugh a little bit because I started shooting 18 meters yesterday. Still have a 25 meter outdoor that I might shoot, um, and I might shoot the Palmyra 50 meter as well. I'm not sure. Coming up, I don't know. Or I might just worry about hunting and completely forego and just keep working on indoor. I don't know. Hey, Santo. Santo Armano, one of our U.S. Open sponsors. Klaus, as always. Hey, Dan McCullough. Are you still in, um, are you still in, uh, Wildwood, my guy? I was just there yesterday. I came home. Just figured out. I'm in the as my wife calls it, my my man cave, um, it's a little messy. That's actually a lot messy because I moved all my whole archery shop here. So I've got everything is just piled everywhere. And I'm slowly organizing and and building uh, building a viable workspace. I'm still doing archery shop work. Um, I have actually like two sets of strings to install and, um, for some compound friends, but I'm debating on what to do for hunting season right now because part of me is interested in going back to actually right here, this bad boy right here. This is a Browning Maxim. Old round wheel set up to shoot bare bow. Yoast tab. I've been playing around with it. Um, fixed crawl. Good old fashioned 2216 aluminum. Easton aluminum. Super light 2216s. This thing is pretty badass. I'm, good old fashioned springer rest there. See that? I may hunt with that. I don't know. It's. It's. Uh, there's a, there's a part of me that still wants to 
to kill an animal with that thing because it was my dad's bow. My dad's last hunting bow before he died. So, oh well, I'm on the fence. I haven't decided yet. I have, a, I have, a, I have a, a pretty good feeling. I'm gonna stick with that until, unless I decide to, um, I know, right, Elton? Unless I decide to get a Hoyt compound, I was thinking about getting an RX-7 compound and hunt, hunting with a compound, I don't know. Black Widow's hanging up, up here. That thing shoots good all the time, so I don't, I don't even want to touch it, but, um, what'd you say? Not shooting until completely healed up. Yeah, I get it, Dennis. I missed any comment. There, I flipped the camera. Didn't even intend on it. That's that's a picture of. Or actually, I will flip that back around. See that right there? That is Frank, circa. Uh, right there. That's Frank with hair. That's what that is. <laughs> Some of my buddies from the firehouse. In front of our old pumper but <laughs> um yeah geez that picture's probably 2000 probably 2001 2002 somewhere in there let me see if i missed any comments yeah still still that's all i did it again i don't know why uh yeah dan i stayed uh we were on um, West 9th Street and Airbnb, dude, it was it was great. Yeah, El Elton, I laugh every time I see that. Yeah, that's uh, absolutely a, an old old bowl. But I, I mean, I'm not gonna lie, like Browning. So I understand that we're a recurve, right? But Browning made. I have like four of these bows. I have. Um, the Maxim round wheel was a great hunting bow. Um, again, this is a, a longer axle axle, but you know, I never shot bare bow compound and the whole NFAA experience this year, like you just, like, I was like, I'm watching these guys shoot pretty damn well with, with these old compounds, you know, 40, 38 inch axle axle, you know, and I, I had put a new string on this like 10 years ago. And then I bought an Elite and got back into competition archery. I was shooting an E35, got back into, you know, whatever. And then I never really put this thing to the test. And, you know, I ended up not using this for hunting um, because I hit a, a decent buck with it. And I had a poor setup and I hit a little forward in the shoulder and then I put it away and never hunted with it again. Then I bought the E35. I was shooting, you know, a relatively light arrow with an expandable broadhead. It was just was a poor setup. Now that I know more about setups and understand them a little bit better, realizing, you know, fixed blade is the way to go. Um, you know, I'm not afraid to use that now because that's got more punch than the Black Widow does. And the Black Widow was a complete pass through at 30 yards last year. So, you know. So just for nostalgia purposes, I think I'm going to hunt with that. I will talk to Hoyt. They sent me a, my target compound last year. Um, blessed to be, to be supported by them. I may, I may get an RX-7 and, and hunt with that a little bit this year. There's something fun about shooting, you know, whitetails at 40, 50, 60 yards. Not going to lie. But anyway, um, yeah, this is my man space. It's a complete mess, as you can see. And I knew that going live but you know um slowly i just got you know we were at nationals and then i was at um etar the nationals and you know um just got back from vacation in wildwood and i start work tomorrow back to the school year tomorrow <clears throat> although i do love my job not gonna lie um so i'm gonna be spending a lot of time out here and I'm just organizing and fixing up and stuff. This is, this was an old shoe shop before we bought this property. Uh, there was a shoe repair man here. I actually still have his wood stove in here. Um, but it's, you know, it's, it's seen better days, but I'm making it my space. So, um, but anyways, yeah, Dick, Dick tone. It's not the bow. It's the connection between the bow and the ground. You're, you're not wrong there, my friend. You're not wrong there at all. So, 
But I just figured, you know, I got, I want to get some work done, and I know I'm going to talk, and I'm not going to get any work done while I'm on this live feed. That's fine. You know how coffee talk works. If you are drinking coffee, put the coffee emoji in comments. Um, I shot yesterday, um, so I've kind of made, for those of you who don't know, um, my indoor range is closed. I'm just running my archery shop now. Um just the surviving COVID and realizing I could put so many more efforts into the online coaching program and just the bearable project in general. And now I'm coaching, you know, I don't have to, there's no, there's no fees or anything. People are, the kids on my archer team are completely coached for free. So I'm pretty excited about just having less responsibility to having to be committed to six, seven days at a facility. I can do more, spend more time with my family, stuff like that. And, um, you know, I get to have my own space now, which is kind of cool. Um, but I also get to shoot more. And that's something that I've really struggled with the last, really since the podcast started. Like, before we started the podcast, I shot a ton. And my score showed it. And... Um, you know, in a year's time, I went from no experience to, you know, really, really decent indoor scores. In the last three years, I've really struggled with that. And, and part of the reason, um, is just like the overwhelming amount of responsibility doing other things. The bearable project is sort of, is sort of one of those responsibilities, but at the same time, you know, it's, I, it's one of those burdens that I don't. I don't want to, I will never give up because we are seeing too much positive change. Um, so, you know, with that being said, it's still able to do that stuff, but I, I can still shoot. So yesterday we have practices on Tuesdays. Well, soon it's going to be Tuesdays, Thursdays, instead of Tuesday, Friday. And um, I went over and shot and I was like, man, do I want to shoot 50 meters? Or do I want to play around with getting an 18-meter tune? Because I don't intend on um, I'm not shooting during hunting season. Um, sorry, Dan. We're not breaking up. I still love you. Um, and so, long story short, I'm going to keep shooting right through the fall. Um, and really focus on pushing the aim. And... and you know, I was thinking about it yesterday. I shot like back-to-back -back 265s yesterday um, with my micro SDs. I am making a change. I am sticking with the micro SDs, at least at this time. I might try the SuperDrive 19s for indoor. I, I don't know yet. Um, I might. I don't know. But as of right now, I think I'm going to stick with the micro SDs for indoor, and I'm going to try to focus on pushing the aim and and that's I, you know i was trying to come up with a term with it yesterday because i was talking about it and you know i was think i was i was kind of just rehashing outdoor nationals a little bit and i shot like lights out during mixed team um with the exception of a few ends that were that weren't great um but i shot really well and ironically i shot really really well against Demmer and his and his partner um but I was shooting complete drive-bys because of time like I wanted to give Maggie as much time as possible on the clock so I was just getting up there boom to the middle gone and um you know and I was kind of ref thinking about like how I shot really early on when I first started barebow and I didn't aim well um I would you know, establish a good anchor, establish a good anchor, push that, that point to the middle. I was a, I was a, a lollipop shooter. Um, but I would push that in and I would just hold it and just slowly work that thing up until that point where it got to six o'clock in the goal and then boom. And I would explode out of that shot and it, and it worked. I mean, there's no question it, it, it can work. The, it can work well. Um, it doesn't work well at a highly consistent level when you're shooting competitively. And I hate using the word pressure, but in like moments of um, high personal value. 
you know, so head to heads, um, stuff like that. And I really, really want, like, I'm a really good aimer with a recurve and a compound. Like I can aim for days. I never, ever get target panic. And this year, like one of my commitments is to, is to learn to push the aim longer into the shot. And I guess that's why I called it pushing the aim because, you know, in order to push the aim, and I'm using that as a term to say that that's putting it in the middle and leaving it in the middle and letting it, letting it settle. I haven't been great with that with Barebow. And that's one of, that's, that's a primary thing that I'm going to work on for the fall and going into indoor season to see if I can get back to those like consistent 530, 540 indoor scores um, or better. Who knows? Um, I can, I think that that commitment to pushing the aim is a, is a key component to being calm under the aim. And it's just like, that's the thing I'm going to be committed to, not committed to shooting tens, not committed to worrying about score, not committed to anything else. That's just going to be a, 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 a conscious effort on every arrow. And, you know, but you know, how do you practice that? You know, and, and you guys know I've pushed hard on like draw holds and, um, and stuff like that. And draw holds just by nature, draw holds are, are strengthening, um, you know, they're giving you confidence. Um, they're, they're slowly molding you into, it is okay to get to the middle. And I think draw holds are less important for, someone who has a really good hold versus somebody who has really bad target panic. And like, if you can't get the point of the arrow to the middle, that's where a draw hold really comes into play. It's that it, it it's, it's allowing yourself. It is okay to put it in the middle and leave it there. The disconnect that I have found with the shooters that I have worked with and the people that have done them is that people don't know how to flip the switch from allowing that aim to happen to the subconscious and letting the release. I think, I think, uh, you know, that's where like in some cases a static release actually has its benefit because you, you're just middle go. And I think John has said that on, in some cases, depending on like if, if his hold's not great, where a static release can actually be beneficial and you'll see that change every once in a while in the shot. And I was playing with that yesterday. I was playing with anchors. I was playing with crawls. I went back to, um, um, not, I'm, 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 I went back. This is the original Yoast, um, stretch band and, uh, locking, whatever they're called. Um, I, I'm playing around with, because I like extra support there, I went to a single, back to a single, but I'm using the thicker band, the thicker stretch band, um, to have a little bit more stability in that tab. That completely changed the dynamic of my release, going back to um, a single band on just the middle finger. So I'm not... I'm not saying I'm committed to that. I love my three finger. The only reason I've gone away from the three finger is because like I'm doing live feeds and doing all, like, it's just a pain in the butt taking on and off. That's the only reason I switch back. Um, I think the Yoast tab is perfect just the way it is with the single stretch band and you will be 100% good that way. I think that there's benefit to the three band, especially for 50 meters. Um, cause it just doesn't allow that tab to jockey this way at all. Um, but everybody, you know, everybody has their, you know, you just have to play around with it. Um, but yesterday I was really, really working hard on, you know, I, I noticed my groups went dead center to one o'clock, eight, nine. And I don't know if it was me not being used to, there's a tab um, or if I'm not paying enough attention to where the point of the arrow is um, when I'm pushing the aim and again for those of you who are just joining in like the, the idea of pushing the aim is pushing the aim longer into the shot 
and then making sure that after the aim and this is this is a this is a a homage to dick tone it's making sure that the synchronization of the finish of the shot is back whatever your release is and then forward toward the target so that that expansion is finished that doesn't allow a collapse it's a natural finish to the shot um it's something that over the last couple of years after taking dick tone seminar and just like applying because there's no question that what he teaches works um just applying that you know it's it's a it's less dynamic than olympic finish but it's it's still you know a conservative follow-through that's the only way i can explain it um you know and i think i think that's gonna be that's gonna be my like my go-to thing to work on going into indoor season i'm gonna work on it all the way through hunting season i can shoot it in my yard uh shoot at the club uh, we have a private range that we we can shoot in um for this winter but you know and i want to shoot more um and for those of you who have access to a range close by and have the ability to shoot three four days a week like you have no idea how fortunate you are i'm envious of that now that i don't have my own personal range to shoot in all of the time but again like i always being there was tough because i had to do stuff while i was there and now i don't have that responsibility so i'm pretty happy about that um but anyways, so pushing the aim, pushing it further into the shot, not allowing drive-bys to happen, not allowing, not worrying about getting stuck. Um, I've got a group message coming by and I, I want to read it, but I can't. John Demmer. Um, but yeah, and I, I just, I think that the commitment to that calm aim I have noticed is such a comfort when you're shooting shoot offs like because that's all I'm worried about that's all I want to worry about and and if you you think about it like and if you guys I, I uploaded a, a podcast and it was the replay of the live feed like I don't want to take away from Chris Garcia and Marcus Cooley they put on a, a wonderful gold medal match again guys job well done in the U.S. Open, and Chris will probably end up coming on the podcast. I might have both of them on um, together if we can coordinate it. But like, you sit there if you watch, and, and again, it was a rough live feed, just recorded with um, you know earbuds. Um, but like the ability and that commitment to to the aim, like John put that on full display for everyone. Um, during that bronze medal match. I, I don't know. Those are probably some of the best ends of arrows I have seen him shoot ever. Um, even better than, than what he did at Lancaster. And, you know, but there was some external motivation going on. And, you know, it's just that commitment. It's not that hard to be that committed. You just have to, you have to kind of, you have to be committed to it all the time. You can't just be committed to it in in a moment of, of, um, you know, adrenaline, you have to be committed all the time. That's the hard part is staying disciplined enough to be that committed. And that's really what I want to work on this year. I want to get back to shooting where I was now that I, I have no excuses. I don't have any, you know, I'm not, I don't have all these extra hours I'm putting in. Um, that's the goal. Um, we'll see if I can see if I can do that. So, about halfway through my cup of coffee here, so you know you guys know how coffee talks go. There, oh, I flipped it around again. Every time I swipe up to look at comments, it flops the screen around. Um, you guys, have any questions? Well, that might release. I did it again. See that? Look at that. That's so annoying. Um, you guys, have any questions? Any comments? I'm glad to hear that you're working on that. That's good stuff. Let me know. Throw them up. You gotta have you have a half a cup of coffee here to uh, to post up your questions or comments or I'd love to know what you think of all the pictures 
Josh Miller, the drive-by gang, currently working on mine, too. Yeah, I, Josh, same. Yeah, I mean, uh, 3D targets, I can aim all day. That's super, um, that's super easy. Um, because there's no, there's no thing. Um, so, a couple of questions, I'm going to try to keep up. Man, there. When's the last time you used those fishing waders? <laughs> those are actually, those waders are actually my son's. And he used those probably back in May. Those are, those are my son's waders. Which means they would fit you, Elton. Um, yes, David, Yost has a three-finger band option for the tab. Um, I want to go back to, I'm going to try to scroll up in these comments. Hopefully it doesn't flop the screen around. Uh, what kind of drills do you use to push the aim? Hold on, there was another one before that. I'm still debating between micro diameters, maximas, and line cutters, 23s for indoors. Lots of shooting to the side. Yeah, Matt, the, there's, there's, this is a good option. You can, oh, by the way, peep the shirt. You gotta love it. Go get yourself one at bearableproject.com. Um, the... RZs are without a doubt the most forgiving arrow without it. Um, shooting for Easton. I'm obviously not going to use those. Um, but I will say that I really do like the Maxim or the, the SD micros. And um, I may go with some either the, SD, the 23s and try those. I think the reason I, I'm committed to the SD micros is because I. I know that that skinnier arrow is more forgiving. Um, I don't feel like I'm at a place where I can, where I'm going to benefit from shooting those 23s. Grayson, you know, shoots 23s incredible. He's super consistent. John's back and forth um, when he's shooting, when he bangs and he's on, like he can shoot those 23s at a three spot all day and just hammer 285, 290, you know, like it's nothing. I'm not there. So, and I'm being honest with myself. I'm not there. I don't, I, I watched, I've watched way too many people. John Dillinger never shot 23s. He was always shooting BAPs, B1s. And a dude had probably one of the most prolific barebow years, winning Lancaster, winning Vegas, you know, with skinny arrows. Mike Fisher, he's another one. So is there, is there, is there a benefit to it? If you are that super, super consistent I've never seen Fish or uh, Mick or, or Dilly shoot 290 halves. I've seen John shoot them, and I've seen him shoot them with 23s. He, you know, there's nobody that's more consistent than Demmer, um, except for Grayson when he freaking shoots. But, you know, he's a loser. So um, I'm not, I, I'm just, I'm not, I'm being honest with myself about where I'm at with my shooting and what results I want to work on. And I want the forgiveness at the target because with 23s you just don't get that so you know it, it, it's that's just my opinion i'm not saying you know you do you but you know unless you're constantly pushing 280 plus i don't think 23s are gonna are really gonna be a, a huge benefit um what kind of drills do you use to push the aim klaus i am it's I haven't come up the. I'll tell you what drill would be good is is the best drill. Um, that would be good for it. But I'll tell you what I'm doing. I'm doing less drills because I'm kind of at that point. Like my release is pretty good. My bow arm's pretty good. I I'm just focusing like when I'm shooting. I'm shooting six arrows or more. Um, gold game would be a good a good um, drill to sh to work on pushing the aim. But it's it's that. It's really just shooting practice, and that's all you're focused on each arrow during practice. You're not worried about score per se. You can keep score. Like, I'm a fan of keeping, shooting six arrow ends for indoors, and, like, just taking pictures of the target, moving on, and then score what you shot. Um, because that sort of teaches you to, like, you're scoring, but you're not worried about the score. Um, and I kind of adopt the mental approach that, you know, snap a photo, move on, worry about the shot. And that's the way I want my tournaments to be too. Do you know what I mean? So 
you're just you're training the mental process at the same time um really just focusing on every arrow that gets to the middle i am committed further into that aim i want it to settle i want to i want to teach myself to let that point settle somewhere in the gold and stay in the gold a lot of people don't do that um myself included um during qualifications this year and during the u.s open at target nationals this year i struggle with that i had about a week and a half of like legitimate my tune wasn't great too i had some tuning issues but you know it is what it is that's my fault um i i didn't shoot much last year my aim was great it showed and but i had like a month and a half of preparation um so you know i got the results that i deserved yeah, it is what it is. So I, I think I think it's just a matter of when you go to practice. And I, the other thing is, is the timing of an indoor shot versus the timing and the follow through of an outdoor shot are quite the same for me. And I don't know if that's natural and that's across the board for everyone or if it's just like I make that up, that 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 indoor shot is a little bit more choppy. I, it's the only way I can I can explain it. Um, and I, I got to experiment with that too, because I want everything about the shot to be calm, everything. So that's what I'm working on. Let me, when's the last time you used the vision, John Chip? Uh, hold on. No, I don't want to create a poll. You IBO range next year? Are you we going to see you on the IBO ASA range next year, Matt? Um. I don't know. I, I like shooting compound with a scope and long stabilizers for 3D. I'm not going to lie. I don't love barebow 3D archery. Um, I've shot it one time. Shot against a very good former world champion IBO shooter. Um, got me by one point. And I didn't love it. Any of it. So, maybe, if, I mean, Hoyt was, what, um, said they would love to see, to see me shoot a compound in ASA, might do that, I don't know, I, I can't, that's too far, it's too far ahead, we'll see, we'll see what the, see what the year provides, I have bigger fish to fry over this next year that includes, when board positions open up with USA Archery, running for it, I'm putting you all on notice. Keep your USA Archery memberships because you get a vote and we're going to need your vote. So make sure that I'm putting you all notice. I'm not going to talk down ever. Um, I'm not happy with some of the stuff that goes on with USA Archery. Um, but I can't, and this is off topic, but whatever. I can't complain if I'm not willing to step up. So I am willing to step up and occupy a board position or at least run for a board position. I don't get it. I don't get it. Um, but it's time that Bearbow has. We've we've done a lot. We've stepped up in many ways, including the sponsors for the U.S. Open and providing our own awards and, and stuff like that. But like we need to have a voice on the inside. So if, unless somebody else wants to do it, um, that has the motivation and I, like, I will support you 100%. Jesus, it sounds like a campaign kind of is. Um, so like, I'm, but all of you, like, I need you to keep your USA Archery memberships. Watch for when the board positions open up, cause I'm going to run for it and you need to vote. So that's the way that works. So Matt, I, to, to give you a complete honest answer, I'm going to say, I doubt it. If you do, it probably would be with a compound, so I could shoot because my son shoots compound. Um, but uh, you never know. You never know unless unless Hoyt says no. I want you to go with, say, you know, there's a new riser. You know, you never know what kind of stuff happens. So if they say that, then yeah, I would shoot. I would shoot Barebow for for that purpose. There was another question before yours. What's your what's your hair routine? Um, 
Dollar Shave Club um, shave gel. And once every three days. This was just done last night, so it's it's pretty glamorous right now. Robbie, I know you're jealous. Yeah, so it's pretty good. And I'm nice and tan from the beach, so, you know, gotta, gotta represent the bald people. Uh, let's see here. Let me see. Oh, Fat Shaft's definitely harder to find a good tune from Elton. You are correct. I couldn't agree more. Um... through sorry ah oh, did it again let's see here I'm not used to doing it on my phone I usually do it on my computer and I just want to set up for it. Santo says I found it much easier to settle and aim with a skinny shaft uh, Santo I think I agree um, we'll see uh, the other thing I'm going to play around with is aiming 6 o'clock again, too. I shot my best scores uh, shooting 6 o'clock hold. I don't know why. I don't have a reason. But I'm going to give it a go. We'll see. I don't know. I'm going to play with that uh, moving forward. Oh, my gosh. I'll be editing all of those little screen switches out. Don't be afraid to try. It's a good experience to have under your belt or refine your tuning capabilities. I don't know. I don't know who that was toward, Elton, if that was me or not. Um, indoors on a crowded line often makes me feel like my shot has been more compartmentalized. Shooting indoors on a crowded line. Well, your you, your shot should be compartmentalized all the time. The, the Matt, this is for Matt Reisman. The, the issue that I, most shooters have is that it's so easy to shoot really good, like way into your subconscious. It's really easy to do that in practice, especially in barebow. When we don't have any distractions, when we're in practice, you're at your local range, whatever. It's, it's the, it's the, but the problem is that we practice in the subconscious and then we get to a tournament and we have all of those external motivators. And if you can't, if you are affected by, Scoring clocks, people next to you, cameras, photographers, the the shutter on a camera, loud noises, music, all that stuff, and you're not used to that when you're shooting in the subconscious all the time, you get it like it amps you up, like to a point where like you can't you don't really feel your hook. You know? When I shoot alone, I really feel my hook. When I'm shooting in you know, head to heads or like, I don't feel my hook as much because even though I may appear to be calm and for the most part, I don't really get like really amped up or nervous anymore, but I still don't have the same level of, of, you know, physical, um, awareness that I do when I'm shooting alone because I'm alone, you know? And so, you know, that's the benefit of like, you should compartmentalize the shot in many ways. Um, I definitely find myself in, I I float back and forth. As Larry Wise puts it in his book, there's mind manage, which is sort of your conscious, and then there's body feel. I definitely float back and forth between those all the way through the shot until I get to the aim and I tr really try to lean um, more toward like a mind managed aim which keeps me relaxed. I don't know how, it's not a conscious thing. It's just, you just have to learn to allow yourself to go back and forth throughout the shot. It's just very hard to do. It's very hard to do. <laughs> Nate Wallace, I don't shoot 3D anymore because I don't like buying arrows. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know what's, I don't know what to say, man. You can just, buy some like gold tip warriors and just beat the crap out of those if you want. Yeah. I mean, I, like I said, I, I just don't love 3d. I don't love one arrow or two arrows, depending on the format at 30 yards or less. Um, I'm not, I, I, there's the guys, the Dwayne Martins and, um, you know, and Demmer and some of these guys that shoot 3d that are, 
that are just lights out. Daniel Collins is a really good 3D shooter. Um, Matt Durker is a really good 3D shooter. Um, you know, I, it's nothing but respect. Um, no matter what, organ I, I throw a lot of shade at IBO. And it's just it's a joke. Please don't be offended. Um, but, you know, I just I don't love it. I, I love field. Shot field for the first time this year, and I definitely plan on shooting more field next year. I think field archery, it, like if I had to tier level of difficulty, I would put field archery absolute number one as far as the most difficult bearable format out there. Number two, um, I would probably put 50 meters because of the external factors and the need for a good tune. Then number three would be indoor, and then it would be 3D. Indoor, you can get away with a shitty tune um, and still shoot decent scores. You can shoot drive-bys and still get a, a decent score. 50 meters, it's very difficult to shoot like straight up drive-bys for 72 arrows, 144 arrows, and shoot a good score. You do it for a short time, sooner or later, you start, you short circuit and like you let, you get, shoot a low group or high group or, you know, so, um, and then, and then it would be 3D and it's, and it's not, I'm not, I don't want to take away from the difficulty of 3D judging yardage and, you know, and stuff like that. It's just a matter of you're shooting one arrow. You will only have to concentrate on one arrow. Um, and that's a lot easier than, than having to concentrate on three or six so that's just my opinion don't again i'm not i'm not knocking anyone um i'm just saying that that's that's how i feel about it uh, matt said i meant more that i need to have conscious awareness of the transition between setup and draw when there's people right next to me and have to fit into less space. I see outdoors with at least three feet of space. That part is more fluid and less choppy, as you said. Um, I tell you that I see a lot of people, Matt, who try to do the whole NTS thing, um, shooting barebow indoors. And that by nature, takes up a lot of space because of all of the swinging and all this other stuff. Um, and to be completely honest with you, a lot of people do it wrong and they make it more pronounced in this big, huge coiling thing and all this other stuff. And that's just one, one other reason that I, I don't think that NTS is the best move for barebow. But um, I don't know if you're shooting NTS, so please, I'm not making maybe I'm making that assumption. I apologize if you don't, but I see that a lot too. And, and that makes it, your form doesn't need to be that way. Um, so, but yeah, that, I think it's a good point. Definitely less space, a little bit more, uh, choppy. I love sh Chris Garcia. I love shooting safari 3d, but full distance stakes 30 and under is boring. Chris, I could see that. Yeah. I could definitely see where safari, we don't have safari on East coast. God, I wish we did though. Um, and my club, I don't have the means to be able to do a, a true safari course. It would be fun, though, and I can't imagine the amount of money that it would cost. I just don't have it. Um, maybe down the road we can bring a safari course to, to the East Coast. That would be amazing. Um, but again, I think my focus next year is definitely going to be more field. I'm going to go indoor um, and continue to... And then go right in the field and just focus on field. Favorite round for sure. Hardware with the CX. Dwayne says he's won a lot. Uh, Dwayne's won a lot of uh, hardware with the Carbon Express 23. He sure has. Um, but for 3D purposes, again, it's max 30 yards, 33 yards, you know, and indoor it'll work. Dwayne is a consistent shooter. He's a good aimer. Static release, like I talked about, you know, very static-ish release. But the dude's just been doing it forever. Um, he's got probably 
three times what I'm guessing Dwayne's been shooting barebow for probably 20 years maybe 15 years I don't know I'm not sure I forget but he should be that good <laughs> he's he's constantly worked on it and has proven that that his uh, his way of shooting 100% works and may not work for everyone but it works for Dwayne and it's a good uh, doesn't matter whether he's shooting 23s or shooting skinny arrows um, he's gonna shoot them good he's kind of like uh, you know like a Levi Morgan per se doesn't matter what bow or arrow or company he shoots for still gonna make it work that's it I'm almost done my coffee here got one more swig so if you have any questions comments post it up because this is about ready to be kicked and I'm gonna kill this live feed remember um, check out um, barrelproject.com you know, the shooter shirts the pink orange blue the red white and blue they're all there um, working on a, a situation hopefully fingers crossed where those are, are going to be available um, another avenue uh, here soon we'll still do the custom ones with all of the logos and stuff for people um, make sure you check out if you need custom t-shirts you know uh, my wife Sarah is the, the, the mastermind behind all of those she does an amazing job make those available and if you appreciate what we at the Barebow Project are trying to do for Barebow, the coverage, the pictures, the you want to see more of that stuff, please consider joining the Patreon page. If it's a dollar a week, five bucks a week, 20 bucks a week, I spend more money on coffee um, than most people. Um, <laughs> so like, I, I look at it that way. Like, If you appreciate what's, what's being done, um, consider just signing up and Checking out after three months, you get a free T-shirt and stuff like that. So, you know, consider consider uh, that level of support. Um, and again, don't forget all of our sponsors. Oh, hold on, you got to notice there. Don't forget all of our sponsors um, that supported us during through the open, um, and, and of course our podcast sponsors as well. But you know, podcast sponsors get they always they they get their links in every podcast and stuff. But, you know, you got Jaeger Archery Products, Yoast Archery Products, and um, Ethics Archery, all who are podcast sponsors, also ponied up money for the U.S. Open. And then you have John and Leslie Winker from First Flight Archery, who absolutely positively knocked it out of the park with their contribution. And they wanted to donate more. And I said, no, save that for future tournaments. We did enough. Um, so... I'm not going to elaborate more on future tournaments yet, but they they absolutely went way over where they needed to be. And their first flight archery down in North Carolina, Raleigh. If you're in Raleigh, you're near Raleigh, support them. Go call them, buy a t-shirt from them. Whatever you got to do, they have a huge indoor range now. They have a beautiful facility. Go support them. Then you have Bowdock Archery, Jeff Sanchez, the coach, the, the bow shop where Chrissy Lyons works. He was a huge contributor. Proline Archery, Joe McGlynn up in Queens in New York City, huge contributor. Um, and then, you know, we had others. We had Santo, we had Peter Nugent. Uh, he did through his dentistry out there, and I think he's in Vegas. Um, first, first Bite Pediatric, I think it is, uh, dentistry. Um, we had um, Larry Wise, and I, list is on my phone, and my phone is covering the live feed. Um, I'm trying to think. I have to bring the checks in. I think they're still in my Jeep. Um, but yeah, so I, you know, support those people. Larry Wise, go buy his book. Go to LarryWise.com, buy his book. You can buy them through like Archery Supply. Um, you know, like again, you. We have some amazing people in Barebow. We have some amazing companies, smaller companies, and that's that's where this this came to play. You know, USA Archery, their setup 
you know, X amount of money and, you know, you can be a sponsor. But, you know, to Barebo doesn't have enough companies to just start throwing all that money. It's just not there. And that's where you guys have to realize, like, support the companies and, and the programs, the Barebo project. Support the people who are really trying to bolster everything that's going on in Barebo. Um as much as you can. And then, I mean, and, and I don't, there's also, you know, guys like Dwayne and Calvin who have, have been supporting Barabo in their best capacity for a very long time as well. Um, and a few others. So, you know, not to take away from those people, support them as well. Um, but, you know, it's just understand that we are, at a very good place right now and we're going in a positive direction but your continued support is going to be necessary to get there we got a lot of positive press from the u.s open we got a lot of positive press during the um usa archery uh annual i don't remember what it's called meeting or whatever as well like they can't not give us attention and a say because they're heavily, we are heavily supporting them while they're losing in other areas. I'm talking about USA Archer right now. So, you know, but you have to keep doing that. You And it's going to be difficult. It's a community thing. It's It takes a village. Um, and you guys are, are our village. And we're just trying to uh, hopefully lead this, this thing in the right direction. So, anyways, thanks again. Um, I got things I got to do. And I got to go to the gym. So, um... I'm going to keep working on pushing that aim. I hope you do the same. And we'll see you on the next episode. This will be uploaded sometime today, maybe tomorrow. I don't know. Whatever. Um, and I'm hoping to get with Matt Yaka here very soon. And we're going to do we're gonna do a, a podcast that you all want to listen to. And it's going to be about, um, you know, the preventable mistakes. The things that we should be doing every time. Every tournament. Stuff like that. So, um, I don't know what it's going to be called yet. But Matt Yaka touched upon a little bit in the live feed the bronze medal match check that out um but we're gonna have a formal podcast about it all right